Yo, what's going on everybody? It is 1 p.m. here in Chicago, Illinois. That means it's time for another live stream. Today is Monday, September 27th, 2021. Less than two weeks now from the Chicago Marathon. And I guess exactly two weeks, or I guess a little bit, just a couple of hours short of two weeks from the Boston Marathon. So getting real close, guys. Hopefully you guys are feeling great if you guys are preparing for either of those two races or if your marathon is in that time period. Hopefully you guys are feeling fantastic now or at least relieved that the taper is here. So that's where I I am. I'm a little bit in between those. I'm, I'm feeling good, very happy, but also like, huh, that's a good, it's not a bad time for a taper. Although uh, my buildup wasn't, you know, a normal, normal buildup. But we'll talk a lot more about that in a minute. But I do want to say that today is a Monday mukbang because it is Monday. And I've got something I'm super excited about. Um, I, I almost kind of forgot that they were sending me something because we had talked like a while ago. It finally arrived like last Tuesday. So I've been sitting on this for a little while. Today what we're going to have is Magic Spoon grain-free cereal. They sent me four bo four full boxes of this stuff too, which is pretty cool. Basically, it's like kid cereal for adults. These are Fruity O's, you know, I'm guessing like a certain like Fruity Loop-shaped cereal, um, but they are grain-free. They are also low sugar, I think. They're using sugar math. It's four net carbs. I think they're using some of the allulose magic. And it's uh, 13 grams of protein. So uh, an interesting take. You know, lately, my kids have been very interested in cereals. So I ha we have had some um, Cocoa Puffs and some Fruit Loops in the house. So I'm very familiar with those. At least um, I'm very recently familiar with So these will be fun to test out. I got a couple of bowls. I got some milk. I got a spoon. I'm ready to go. But before we get into the cereals, let's say hi to everyone listening on the podcast version. Hopefully you guys are having a great run today. Weather's real nice here in Chicago in the Midwest. Um, this is kind of like the weather that I'm talking about when I tell people if you're going to visit Chicago, come in September or early October because it's real nice. This is the weather we're in right now. Hopefully you guys are having some of that too if you're running right now or if you're on your commute home. And everyone watching this on YouTube later after the fact, Hopefully it's either in the morning so you can join me with a bowl of your favorite cereal or you're sitting back and relaxing with a nice recovery beverage. I normally have my afternoon coffee, but I figured I'm going to have four bowls of cereal here. So maybe, maybe not a good time for, for coffee. All right, let's see who we got here in the chat. We got John Davis saying, yo, what's going on? What's going on, John? Frank says, how's recovery going? If you went harder than you had intended, are there any adjustments that you're going to make during tapering? Is two weeks out shorter than ideal for a tune-up race? Um, yeah, so great questions, Frank. I, um, you know, I'm really bad at tapering, so uh, a lot of this is kind of like, well, I know what I did last time, so I'm going to do some opposites of last time. Or not opposites, but some changes. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. Last year in 2019, or not last year, but in 2019, I ran for a PR in the half marathon the same race. And I just felt like going to, into the marathon, I just didn't have like an extra kind of like, not another gear because I didn't need to get faster, but I just feel like I didn't have, there was like a little bit something missing in terms of the reserves. So like, I was like, well, maybe two weeks is too close for me to have like a gunning for a PR type of race. Uh, I think there's some adjustments that I'm going to have since I did end up running that like a little bit, a lot faster than a marathon pace. Um, for the day is I'm probably going to maybe take a rep or two off of kind of like my um, taper week workouts. Now I won't be doing like full on workouts, but I'll do, we'll still have some threshold pace sessions and some marathon pace sessions. Um, 
nothing too terrible, but just to make sure I'm still remembering all those things. Um, so like, I'll probably like take a rep off of each of those, um, just to kind of like, you know, make sure the point of those taper workouts is to stay sharp and I'm staying sharp and not accidentally kind of like dipping into more of those reserves that I'm trying to rebuild. So that's kind of like what I'm trying to do. Now, in terms of two weeks being shorter than idea for a tune-up race, I'm hearing from a lot of people on, well, not I'm, I'm not hearing, I'm following people's Instagrams just like you are. Like I saw Laura Thweet today saying that this weekend she's going to be racing a 10-mile race or a 10K race. And she says that's four to five weeks out from New York. And that's kind of like where she likes to have like a real tune-up race. Um, so like that, I think that seems to be like the consensus from what I've been seeing from a lot of pros, either like, you know, two weeks ago or next week, depending on which marathon they're, they're racing. Uh, like that four to five week range seems to be like what people like to give themselves like a full recovery before their big A race, you know? So, um, for me, I would say for a lot of people that, that half marathon, um, you know, puts them in a good place for a good kind of like dress rehearsal. Um, some people run it for PR, some people race it, you know, um, but I kind of took a step back from it. So that's kind of what I did. Kyle says, yo, what's going on? Longest running two years Saturday, 10 miles in the Treyu version one and had a blast. That's awesome, Kyle. Very, very cool. And Regan says, I did a 10 miler myself yesterday and longest run since my half back in March. Cool. Very, very cool. And Ray says he did 12 miles for himself and now taper for the half marathon. Ooh, that's nice. Sounds very nice. All right. Let's get into some of this cereal for today. Guys, I'm trying to put the microphone a little bit further away from me because I felt like it was dominating the frame. I don't know if it's going to help. And I've been, I know I've been having some problems with the sound effects. I am ordered a new sound interface thing. It should be here tomorrow. So thanks for bearing with me when some of those sound effects not quite working. All right. So the four flavors I have are cocoa, frosted, ooh, fruity, and peanut. Uh, I normally don't eat peanut butter stuff because we got a peanut allergy in the house, but my kids are at school right now. Um, so I will, I'll, I'll, I'll have a little, I'll just have a little sample of it just to make sure we're tasting it. And I'll make sure I brush my teeth and all that stuff before I see the kids. But we'll give it a try. You know what I was saying the other day? Because my kids have been buying all this cereal or asking for all the cereal. And they've also been enjoying Cheez-Its. Although we get the Annie's Cheez-Its. We prefer those. Um, but, um... My wife likes Annie's for uh, allergies kind of stuff. You know, crackers come in boxes, cereal comes in boxes, chips come in bags. But of all the things that I would rather have protected by a cardboard box, I think chips are the thing I'd want to have protected most. Now, I mean, I guess the answer in that case would be then like, oh, I'll just get Pringles. But Pringles are a weird kind of like extruded food. I'm not saying they're not bad, but they're very different than if you're like, I want a chip. A Pringle is not usually what I'm looking for. All right, let's get some milk in these. All of the cereal, I don't know if all their cereal, but at least all the cereal that they sent me, it's all in the shape of O's, kind of like Cheerios type shape. So that's interesting. All right, so I got it in a clear bowl today so you could see them in a little bit. I don't have all clear bowls, I don't have some clear bowls, but cheers, peanut butter. It's crunchy. I get some peanut butter on the back end. I thought it was going to be a little bit more like peanut butter Captain Crunch. I'm really hungry. 
This is a perfect Monday mukbang. So I'm getting the crunch is very unusual. It's kind of like, I mean, what's the flour in this? I mean, I guess there's no flour, it's wheat free, but the ingredients are milk protein blend, whey protein sweetener blend, which is the allulose and monk fruit, an oil blend, starch, inulin. I don't know, something about it gives it like a very like crunchy, flaky crunch to it, not like a regular cereal crunch, it's slightly different. Something a little bit different about it. It's tasty, but it tastes almost like rice, like like crispy rice things. Not rice crispy cereal. Different rice crispy cereal just gets instantly soggy in milk, but like almost tastes like a Japanese snack in terms of the texture. But good, good. All right, looks like we got Shannon coming in with a super chat. Thanks so much, Shannon. I always appreciate your generosity. All right, very cool. Um, we've got Vivek Bala saying, what's the best cereal for a long run? You know, I don't really have an opinion on, on that, but of the cereals that my kids have asked for recently, they always like Lucky Charms. And then, um, they always promise me in the store that they're not just gonna pick out the marshmallows and they'll actually eat the cereal and then it gets home and they never do. And then it, and then it like, when, when I tell them, hey, you gotta eat the cereal and not just the marshmallows, then they always look at me like I've pulled some sort of bait and switch on them. They're like, what do you mean I have to eat the cereal too? So we usually have a box of the cereal portion of um, Lucky Charms in our house. Uh, as I mentioned, we have uh, Cocoa Puffs and Fruit Loops in the house right now as well. Although I just finished the box of Cocoa Puffs today. My daughter ate the last bowl of that. But the cereal that I like for before a long run is uh, Frosted uh, Mini Wheats. There was a box that had Paw Patrol on the front. And so my daughter wanted it. And then she ate one and she's like, I don't like this cereal at all. So I ate it. I threw in some dried cranberries in there. Really great breakfast. Highly recommend. Really good. Um, <laughs> Greg's here. What's going on? Greg says, Kofu's making me hungry again. Well, if you keep tuning in on Mondays, we're going to be eating food. So that's where it goes. <laughs> and Shannon says, hey, Kofamzy, Co. Great half. Pumped for Chicago. Birthday's tomorrow. Awesome. Here, we're going to, you know what? I'll give you the, tomorrow we'll have the better audio setup. We'll get, we'll get the cowbell for tomorrow. But happy early birthday. And she says, I think the greatest gift I've gotten in the past year is a friendship from your stream. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's such a great group of people that are here. You guys are, are what make it great. And um, thanks, thank, thanks to all you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you, Shannon. That's such a great sentiment. What a great way to start out the week. Um, we've got Mace Windex saying the best. <laughs> Mace Windex. Look at this picture. It's Mace Windu with, with a Windex. But anyway, um, he says the best cereal before a long run is oatmeal. You know what, though? I, I love oatmeal every way except for as oatmeal. That's the thing. So like, um, I don't really actually like to eat oatmeal in its like soggy form. All right, next one. I like the art that's on these boxes. Um, very cool. I'm gonna go with the frosted. When I hear think of frosted, I think it's gonna taste like um, 
what is it? The, uh, with Tony the Tiger, that one? Frosted, Frosted Flakes. Um, but this one is in, again, the shape of O's. So I wonder if it's gonna be more like the O's, like Cheerios makes a frosted one, right? So let's see how this ends up. Um, caloric count, this one's a little bit less. Last one was 170 calories, this is 140. Seven grams of fat, 210 milligrams of salt, 14 total carbs, although with the math here, it's zero sugar or four net, I don't know how it's zero sugar, four net carbs, but 14 grams of carbs. Sugar math is weird, but 13 grams of protein. The last one was 14 grams of protein. So for this one, I'm gonna go with a, a white bowl. Ooh, this color is really bright. I don't know, this, this is gonna be, is it gonna be frosted? I'm not sure about this. This is a surprise. Huh. Put some milk in there. All right, we'll try this one. Smells like, smells like cupcakes. This is good. It still has that kind of like rice crisp not Rice Krispies, but like, like a, like a Japanese snack kind of crunchiness to it. I don't know. I think maybe I needed a palate cleanser between because like these flavors are jumping all over the place. <laughs> Steve says, "Good evening. This is a major test of my talent of eating noises." Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's super crunchy cereal. Yeah, it's kind of like, it tastes like if Cheerios made a um, birthday cake flavored Cheerios, that's what this tastes like, tastes like to me. It tastes like frosting. Or it tastes like the filling that's in a um, the sprinkly Oreo ones, like the birthday cake Oreos. It doesn't actually taste like birthday cake, but it tastes like when cookies are birthday cake flavored. That's kind of the flavor I'm getting. Hmm. I'm Matt Pedro says, good Monday. Hey, Kapuzi, first half complete this weekend, 159.34. All right, here's the bell. Oh, I tried to make, I mean, this, we're gonna make, this is the bell we're gonna make do it today because I know a lot of you guys race this weekend. I know a lot of you guys do well, so I don't want to give you guys nothing, but here we go. Good job, half Pedro. He went, got a 159.34, was planning on 210. And we'll definitely do another one. Wow, that is quite a big, big jump. So congratulations on getting right under well, not right under, you're comfortably under the two hour mark. A, a wonderful kind of uh, debut half marathon. So good luck to you in your future half marathons. Great job. Um, Adam Fear says, any thoughts on Berlin? Yeah, I, you know what? I didn't have a chance to watch it yesterday. I did uh, like program it on the DVR. So I watched it this morning. And um, it was weird. I don't think I've seen... I mean, from like a video's perspective, I don't think I've seen a race where they've had bicyclists follow the lead pack the entire time. There was a lot of like, 
I mean, I know like the media trucks have been getting more and more like in the shot and not being afraid to be in the shot, which I'm fine with. Maybe it's because I'm used to seeing like on the trail scene, like like there's just like every runner that comes through Nate Station, there's just GoPros all over the place and dudes doing like the weird, like I'm running with a GoPro run as they're going by and filming people. But like, so I'm used to that, but like the, like the escort bicycles, there was a lot of them. I feel like every runner in the lead pack had their own bicyclist. So, and I don't know if that's like a security concern or, or what that is, but that was like the main thing that I noticed. Um, but I mean, I thought, you know, I thought Bikela looked real good throughout most of the race. And then like the announcer was like, he just knows what he's doing. And they went out too fast that first half. You know what I mean? So I was just like, oh, he, they did go out super fast in that first half. I don't know if he had the fitness to get closer than he did. And maybe at a better paced race for him, he would have gotten closer. But they did say that it was really, really humid in Berlin. So I, I think that that's going to make setting a world record really tough. You know, um, Dr. Josh is here. He says, what up, fam? Dr. Josh, I was just thinking about you today. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. Um, all right. Someone was saying something about it being drones. Um, yeah, Francis, at some point, most of those cameras would be a drone. There was a guy with one of those like super setups, like the kind that have like, it's like a full like body thing that you wear, um, almost like as if your like head need to be immobilized, but it's like a, a like a chest rig that you wear and the hold, hold the camera up, it's a giant camera. And he was on a Segway and they had that for like after the gate down to the finish. I feel like that that's something that we'll probably see a lot more of. I think the biggest difficulty with that is going to be transmission speed of the video feed, you know, because I feel like I don't know if it's my cable or what, but I, I don't think it was just my cable. I think that um, some of the, the amount of data that they need to transport over the distances is getting a little bit jumbled. So they need to figure out. I mean, they don't need to figure out the technique technology on that part needs to c catch up. Um, all right. Oh, Martha says, Series Runners Later Update has some pretty hilarious stuff with the selfie GoPro stuff and a car. Oh, did I see that one already? I don't think, I don't remember him saying stuff about GoPro specifically. And JC said that the motorcycle almost hit the runners yesterday. Did it? I don't, I don't remember seeing that part. Hmm. And Adam wants to know, well, how will he do? At, is, he, is he running New York in seven weeks? I feel like seven weeks is enough time for someone of that caliber to recover. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, this could be like, well, if they're going to offer me a big six-figure appearance fee, or hopefully it's six-figure appearance people, maybe it's a five-figure appearance fee to just run and all I have to do is not DNF, then, you know, I'll, I'll be able to not DNF. I don't get the sense that, like, he held back yesterday so that way he can then reload for, for New York. And New York isn't a world record PR kind of course anyway. But, you know, um, if he's signed up, currently signed up to be there, he will at least start. Because I think you have to at least start to get your appearance fee. And then I think the way that my understanding of how a lot of these contracts are structured is there may be either clawback provisions or bonuses depending on how far you get. So that's why I think certain, I don't, I don't think it's standard, different people's contracts can be written differently but i think that's how like 
you know, that's why like some certain people like will DNF after a certain spot. Um, yeah, that's my understanding. Sorry, my mouse froze again. Dr. Josh says, hope you're doing well, Co. Getting ready for Chicago. Nice, nice. So, yeah, I mean, I um, I just ordered another microphone and some more cables. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to try and do some interviews for that weekend. So we'll see. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, Vincent Venera says, hey, Co. Path Projects hail from which state? My understanding is that they're, I mean, I don't know where they're originally from, but all those guys live in California. So that's my understanding of where they're from. And Leonis here says, hey, co-fan, better late than ever. Mike, great Chicago half on Sunday. Thanks so much. And with that, I'm going to get into the fruity cereal. Let's get some focus on this box. There we go. Fruity. Again, zero sugar, four net carbs, 13 grams of protein. About the same numbers. This one has 150 calories. Do you hear my voice crack there? About the same. 150 calories, 15 grams carbs, 13 grams of protein. So let's see how this one does. Well, I mean, look at the side of this box. Like, all, look at all the text that they have on here. I don't know, I'm trying to see, there we go. High protein, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, wheat-free, natural-flavored, totally delicious, childlike cereal for grown-ups. It's like, it's like food SEO, all the terms on the side. Except for the fact that I do like totally delicious, childlike cereal for grown-ups. I like that. That I can get them. We'll do the fruity one. Oh, this one, the colors are really nice. I'll show them to you guys in a second. Very pretty. Such vibrant colors. Ah, my computer is like tipping over. Our bird's heads are falling off. I don't know if you can see that, but, ooh, losing some cereal. But I'm getting some nice, well, I'm colorblind, but I see yellow, purple, red, Nice colors. I think my kids would really like these colors. One of my daughters can have this. The other one couldn't. Boy, ooh, that one I just ate. Mm, really nice. This is good. Except for the fact that the texture has almost like a crispy hollowness to it. The same one that I've been talking about in all these. I'm trying to find the right words to explain that. You know, it tastes like, have you guys, any of you guys had seokgang? It's like the Korean, well, they're not Korean, but in Korea we call them seokgang. They're like shrimp crackers. They look like french fries. It's got that kind of crunch to it. But it's not shrimpy or salty. It's the flavors are spot on for another kind of fruity looped cereal that we have in our house. It's really good. Mm. Tracy said, Shalane killed it yesterday. 17 female. Yeah, she did well. Did you guys read the thing she said about aid stations? I don't know why, but for some reason, Shalane did not get elite bottles. I guess it's because she was planning to run under, just run three hours. Just three hours. But she was planning to run three hours. But she had to get regular aid stations and she was like this is really hard to do i've never really had to run folding the cup and pouring the water in so i ended up wearing a lot of the sports drink and then trying to navigate around all the cups that had been thrown on the ground she's like it was like trying to like 
do a workout at the NFL Combine. And he's like, that's the kind of lateral movement that my body's just not very good at. So that that was awesome. But her next one, she's going to London's next week, right? So she's doing that next week. And then when does she do Tokyo? I thought she was still going to do it the same day as Tokyo. Does anyone know? Martha says, I can't believe Shalene is doing it all six. What was her time yesterday? I think it was a 2.48, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm, this cereal's good. I eat the whole thing. Yeah, Tracy Smith says about Shalene. He's like, welcome to our world, Shalene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam says about Bekele, though, at, in Berlin over the weekend. At 2.06, that was, yeah, he was like 2.06. He was less than, like, 4 minutes 50-something seconds slower than last time. He was, uh, at 2.06, Bekele may have backed off once he knew his off-record pace. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it was interesting when, I forget who came in second, but when that second-place runner came up and caught him and they ran together for a while, I was surprised that he didn't try to chase him more. That was a little bit of a surprise, but I don't know. Oh, okay. PJR, Jason Dahl, and um, Tracy all saying 238. It's a very big difference. Yeah, 238 for Shalane um, for her marathon uh, yesterday. Crazy. So I says, Kovu, are you drinking organic milk? I am. Yep. Simple Truth Organic, reduced fat, 2%. I like whole milk, but mm, my wife says to do the reduced fat for the kids. But I'm like, I'm drinking milk. I'm going to go full fat. It's just an extra percent. My <laughs> wife. Here we go. <laughs> oh. Joey Chavez says, congrats on your run. A great way to celebrate. Oh, well, can't Catalina crunch for the win on the cereal. Same ingredients, less calories, though. Oh, really? Hmm. I've never heard of that. But the fruity was good. I did like the fruity. Um... But yeah, they all do kind of like have a, a taste to it. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's different. The crunch has a different like quality to it that is detectable. And so it's like, it's not a one-to-one -one, uh, substitute, but I do really like milk, especially very, very, very cold milk. And so it's just very refreshing to have as like an afternoon snack. Adam says, Tokyo's been postponed until March. Yes, I know, but like, I think for, for Shalane's, you know, six, the Marathon Majors Challenge, she's going to do a virtual marathon in Portland, her home where she is, on the same day that Tokyo was supposed to be, so that she still does the uh, six marathons in seven weeks. Yeah. Um, Mark says, I guess the Bondi X can be used for racing, like half co. And Leona, you asked me yes yesterday too. I didn't get a chance to respond. Is the Bondi X good for racing a marathon? I'm not sure. I mean, I was, I, I didn't love it. The same problems that I had, not the same. I did do a lot more like fiddling with the lacing um, from the first run to yesterday's run or the second run. And so um, all the toe jamming things all went away. So that was fine. But I still felt like a little bit of a hot spot underneath the right foot. And um, I think it's because I was going faster than my my marathon effort, so I think that it, you know it changes your mechanics just a little bit, and so I didn't love it. It was good, but there were times where I was just like, yeah, I don't I don't love this. I, I would have much rather have been in a racing shoe. 
I think, but I'm thinking, you know, normally I'm like, you know, what I feel at marathon effort is what most people are going to feel at marathon effort. What I feel at threshold pace is what other people, you know, regardless of a variety of paces, um, are going to feel at threshold paces. And I still think that that's generally true, but I think that this shoe is like, I don't know, maybe I'm trying to look for exceptions to my rule or what, but I also think that like, you know, as you go from elite to very non-elite, um, I think the difference between marathon pace and easy pace gets bigger, the more like, um, elite you are. So like, you know, like a Kipchoge, for example, running mar marathon paces at like faster than I can run a mile or faster than most people can run a mile. Um, but his easy pace is like pretty much the same as my easy pace. Right. And so the difference between there is really big. I think that uh, on the other end, if your marathon pace and your kind of like everyday pace aren't that different, then I think that it's going to be a really good marathon racing shoe. So like that's kind of because I think then the extra cushion that's there becomes more important than say like, you know, carbon pop or how fast it feels, how much it feels like a racer, that kind of thing. So I think that like, you know, in some, for some people, it will be a really great marathon racing shoe. I think for like, you know, I don't know if I'd say most people, but for a, a good number of people, I'm not sure it's going to be the best marathon racing shoe. I'd probably still recommend a racer. But if you're at the position where it's like, I'm more concerned about foot comfort than I am about carbon, then I think that the Bondi X is worth considering. So that's kind of like a little tweak on kind of where I'm thinking about this shoe feels. Had I, if I were to, you know, knowing what I know now, you know, if I were to do that half marathon again, I probably would have picked either, I probably would have picked the Carbon X2 just to stay with Hoka for the day or uh, the Endorphin Speed. I was running next to someone who uh, like caught up to me. He said, hi, we took like a little running selfie together and he had Endorphin Speed version ones on. And as he like went by and passed me to catch the 130 group, I was like, maybe I should have wore the Endorphin Speeds today. <laughs> you know, so there. Uh, Shannon says, I think I don't run fast enough to appreciate the forward propulsion of the next percents. I'm cool with an nylon plate. If I had a pair of Torn 4s, I'd choose that for comfort. Mm, I wish I could enjoy the Torns. I know that they're they were, they've they become very different over the years, but that's one I never really got to love. Um, all right. Martha says, I wonder if Emily Heller will go with the Bondi X or the Speeds. Is that the two she's thinking between? Hmm, interesting. I'll have to ask her. Well, I'm sure I'll find out before I get the chance to ask her. Faiz Farik says, have your feet gone numb while running? I don't really get that so much anymore. Sometimes I get it if the shoe is poking me up in the arch. And a lot of times when that happens, it goes away after like five to eight miles. So it's not something that tends to stick around. It does happen to my wife a little bit more often than it happens to me. She's very particular about her running shoes. It's very hard to find a running shoe that she likes. But my feet go numb almost every time when I'm on my bike. I think that uh, it doesn't quite fit me correctly. And I think like with the clips, I think they're making my feet in a position that I, they don't like. And so that they get numb every time. Um, but on running, not, not really. Um, Kurt says, I was taking a gel every four miles. I followed Kafuzi's idea of walking the water stops, getting a water and a power rate at each stop. I did that for, yeah, all of the stops that I stopped. I think I stopped maybe three or four times. It shows up in my, in my, um, my pace graph. So you could see kind of where I did that. Sometimes I kind of like jog through other times. If I knew there was no one behind me, I would just stop and just walk a little bit and get like a full cup of Gatorade, which was real nice. 
Um, so like, I don't know. I do feel like that's where I started to lose the 130 group is in those stops. But I also like just never was willing to like, you know, speed back up to go catch them. So I, was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it's a bad strategy. I think I kind of like it. So Leona says about the shoe, um, Bondi X potential. She says, thanks Mike. I think I'll try my endorphin speeds for a half and see how it feels for those longer runs. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the endorphin speed. It's such a good shoe as well. I mean, it's, it can do everything, and it's so good for so many people. It's hard not to recommend for a lot of people. Joey says, Bondi X or Hyperion Elite? I'm going to assume you mean the Hyperion Elite 2 because um, no one likes the Hyperion Elite 1. But um, I think that if it were a long run, that were kind of like marathon pace or easier, Bondi X. If it's going to be something more of like a threshold workout, maybe doing mile repeats or kilometer repeats, I'd pick the Hyperion Elite 2. Because I just don't think that the Bondi X doesn't like, it doesn't like going fast. You know, it's not, you know, I thought that maybe it would be kind of like this Bondi X idea would be kind of along the idea of an uh, Adidas Prime X, you know. Um, but I don't, I don't think it quite is. So, all right, we're going to go with, the Coco, which I also really enjoy this. I don't know why. I love space things, especially cartoony space things. Like, look at this dog. <laughs> look at this dog. <laughs> That's a good dog. Um, so I'm going to put it in the clear bowl to see how much, like, the milk turns to chocolate milk uh, by the time we're done. When I banged the box against the bowl, the dog who was sleeping at my feet suddenly jumped up. He, um, he's a lazy, grumpy dog. He's not really excited by pretty much anything anymore. He's basically like a dog version of a cat. He uh, will tolerate being like petted or touched. But if he thinks someone's at the door, that dog goes crazy. And he thinks someone's at the door. Like he's gotten to the point where he's figured out like when we get food delivered, our phones ring and then we buzz people in and then someone might knock on the door. Well, this is before pandemic time. Now they just leave everything downstairs in the lobby, but so now, even till to this day, even though it's been a lot, like years since someone's like come to the door to deliver food, every time a phone rings, he and, and I answer, he thinks that food's coming. He gets excited. All right, here's the chocolate. It looks like the way it is. It looks like they're painted. I don't know if I, there's no way that I'm gonna be able to show this on camera. I have to like move my head out of the way. Maybe there we go. But it looks like they're painted. See that? Like so, it's not chocolate all the way through. It's like an outer coating of chocolate. I think. This tastes very different than Cocoa Puffs. Everything in Cocoa Puffs is not Cocoa Puffs. It's more like chocolate Cheerios. Have you had chocolate Cheerios before? It's like that all the way through until I get the aftertaste of that, like that, that hollowy crunch, that crispiness that I've been talking about in all these cereals. It's pretty good. I will say like, like if you're like, if you got a sweet tooth and you're normally eating Cocoa Puffs and you're like, man, that's just too much cereal for me. I gotta figure out something better. And you get this right away. I don't think that's gonna make you happy. But I feel like if you haven't had cereal in a while, now that you're a grown up and you're like, oh, childlike cereal, I like that. And you had this, then I think you would really like it. 
I think it'd be good. But like the, the sweetness is a little bit different. The crunch is very satisfying. But there's like there's something about it that kind of reminds you that this is not like regular cereal. But at the same time, I'm like eating a ton of it. <laughs> I can't stop. I'm just gonna keep going after it. It's good. Ah, uh, Innis is here. This is High Cup Boozy, everybody. Just back from circuit training. Very cool. Keegan Elder says, Do you know if I can get my crowd changed for Chicago Marathon? The answer is probably not. I know for the Chicago Half, and it's different companies that run the Chicago Half versus the Chicago Marathon. But most races, there's like some like athlete services, things like that, where at the expo you can go and let's say in the time since you registered till now, you've run a new uh, time that qualifies you to get to the next corral. If you show them the link, sometimes you could do that. I think you can do that in the Chicago Marathon, but I think the FAQs on the Chicago Marathon website is. Um, if I want to run with my friend, can I move up to another corral? They're like, no, but your friend can move back with you. So I don't think they do it a lot um, in terms of like wanting to adjust people's corrals. So. Jellyman185 wants to know how many ounces in each box. Seven ounces. I'm afraid I don't know what the price is on these. Um, I did not check for that. So... Um, yeah, and they are certified gluten-free because it says it's a wheat-free cereal, but they've got the little thing that says certified gluten-free. So if you need to be gluten-free for um, not just dietary preferences, but for allergy concerns, you know, certified gluten-free. Um, but yeah, this milk is changing colors, guys. Look at that. Definitely changing colors. Jeff Elliott says, um, this is the, you know, I, this is what came to mind, but I, I, I really dislike vegan cheese because I love cheese, like milk cheese. Well, I love cow's milk cheese. I love goat's milk cheese. I love sheep's milk cheese. Anyway, um, Jeff says, kind of like how a lot of vegan cheese is only good if you're used to not eating cheese. Um, it's it's analogous to that, but I just I just really am not a huge fan of vegan cheese. That I don't want to make that comparison because I don't want to like say it's that the differences in, cow, in, like, in like flavor are that much with this um, wheat-free cereal, wheat-free high-protein cereal. But the other way to think of it is, if you don't like protein shakes, and after a workout you're like, well, you know, I, 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 I eat dairy, and I like to get protein, but I don't always like to have like a, I don't like to dump the powder in the thing and shake it, you know? This with the milk that you might put in it, whether it's cow's milk or whether it's an, a, a nut milk or I guess an oat milk, that's gonna be a good spot for you. Not a lot of salt, so it's not gonna be like an electrolyte replacement, but good amount of protein. It's fun to eat. And I just feel like there's a simplicity to cereal that make a really nice convenience food for me. Mm, it's good. Mark says the weight of the cereal is the weight of an next percent. <laughs> That's so funny. 
It's amazing. All right, Brett says, first marathon, October 16th. Awesome. Looking to finish that podium. How do you go about deciding what shoe to wear since long runs are usually done at slower pace than marathon effort? Well, I usually decide by, by doing, right? And so like a lot of my long runs, I like to put in some marathon effort in there. Um, so like, it, like number one, just cause like, I don't really like to be out there more than like two and a half hours. Um, and I certainly don't like to be out on a long run more than three hours. So if it's a shorter run, I feel like you're getting a really good benefit, even if it's a shorter run, if you could throw some faster paces in there. So that's kind of a way to figure out. So maybe you've got like a 15 or 16 mile run and you do anywhere between like, you could break it up in a couple of different ways. The Jack Daniels way is to just do a 10 miles of it in a block at marathon effort, which I've actually been really enjoying for a couple of reasons. But what I've done in previous marathon blocks is like two miles at marathon pace, a mile at easy pace, another two miles at marathon pace, a mile at easy pace, you know, so like just break it up that way. And so you get to test it out at that speed and when you're fatigued, but without having to run like, you know, 20 miles at, at marathon effort. So you get kind of get a good idea that way. So that's, I think the best way you can do it. Um, the other thing is, you know, if you're doing, you know, mile repeats or something that's more like threshold pace, that's also a pretty good, like kind of test in terms of like which shoe you'll like for your, for your marathon, because you're putting a lot of, you know, forces into your foot, you're working hard and you're feeling fatigued and, you know, you get a chance to see like what your feet are going to feel. Um, so that's kind of like the way that I would I'd go about testing that out. Frank says, is a corral based on anything like previous marathon results? Yeah, it is. So that's kind of like how it goes. But I would say all, the other thing to keep in mind is like, if you're on the bubble for corrals, and I'd say this for just about any race, but I know for a fact in, in the Chicago marathon specifically. So like if you're in the bubble between like corral B and corral A, for example, everyone in corral, I know this, I don't want to say everyone, but I'll, I'll speak from experience. When I had corral B, I was like, man, I feel slighted. I'm totally corral A material. Um, and I was really worried because I'm like, but how am I going to find my pace group? I don't want to have to start like, and remember that I'm 17 seconds behind when my pace group started. I just want to be able to start with my pace group and run with my pace group. Um, for the Chicago Marathon, it's a large enough marathon that there are multiple like three hour, 10 minute pace groups. There are multiple three hour, 15 minute pace groups. There are, mul you know, and some of them might be in um, on the bubble. There probably will be one in the, corral ahead and one in the corral behind so you don't don't worry about it and once you start getting close to the line you know you could really start edging up further and further you'll they'll still have like a rope in between the corral so you can't like just shove your way to the f complete front but like it, it, it'll it'll sort itself out you'll I, I mean i'd say like if you're really now if you're like you know i submitted with no time and now I've run a race, and so I have a time, that's a completely different thing. That's when I would try to like see if I can get one, see even like, now I have an official time. Um, but other than that, I would say, you know, use it as a way of, I mean, I always go out too fast at races, so I, I, if I, these days, and it took me a long time to get here, but these days, if I'm in a corral that I don't feel like I belong in, I use it as a way of saying like, this is like the universe's way of saying, if you won't slow down yourself, at the beginning of a race, I will make you slow down a little bit. You know? Rami Yohanna says, regarding the Chicago Marathon, how early do you recommend getting into the crowd? 
Is it a long wait to make my way to the crowd? First wave starts at 7.30. I'm thinking about getting there at 6.45, 7. I would say um, a couple of things. The thing that I would worry more about than like how late you can get into the crowd is, corral is like how late can you go to the bathroom? The bathroom lines are really long. I remember it was 2017. The lines for the bathroom at the Chicago Marathon were so long that basically people like ran from the bathroom lines because they were like, we're closing the corrals now. And everyone started running. So there was like a mass of people running. And though there were still lots of lines. And I remember not long after that, like after that Chicago Marathon, because everyone was so panicked and, and frantic about it, that like Runner's World in the next issue had like an article about how you can discreetly pee in public if it's before a marathon and the bathroom lines are too long. Like, and they were like a very, very, very detailed description of how women could also do this too, you know. And I was just like, this, this is weird. I feel like the solution to all this is just to have more porta potties, but this, I guess, also works. Um, so bathrooms is the thing I would worry about a little bit more than corrals. I'd say like wear extra layers, disposable layers that you can bring with you, like whether they're really old shirts that you are fine to kind of part with or in like warm-up pants that you find to part with. A lot of people take them off at the last minute. Um, and, you know, hang out in the corral. I would say just don't – I would rather be in the corral five minutes too early than one minute too late and feel frantic about it because for me, the energy of the marathon, I, I'm trying to stay as calm for as long as possible. So, you know, that's what I would recommend um, is to get there earlier than you think, because like it might be right over there. But sometimes to get right over there, you got to walk all the way around, depending on it. So, like, I would say if it's way early, scope it out and walk how you would get from like the bathroom or wherever you want to be standing and waiting or warming up and walk over there and see how long it takes. And then, you know, as people get more and more congested it into there it's going to take longer and they actually do check at the chicago marathon your bib to make sure you're in the right corral so like it's not like everyone can just like funnel into the corral they have to like look and see your bib so you know if you've got another layer on top make sure you're pulling that layer up as you're walking through so they can see it too so that's what i would recommend get there earlier than you think it's better than trying to like time it exactly right awesome thunder 16 says <laughs> that's a great name Carbon X2 or Rincon 3. Also missed you at the Chicago Half Marathon yesterday. Oh, sorry about that. Um, you know, I think that I would work out in the Rincon 3 and then race in the Carbon X2. They're both good. I think a person can have both of them. I don't think a person needs both of them. I think the Rincon 3 is a little bit softer. Look how chocolatey this milk got. Very dark. Very nice. And the milk tastes great. That was good. Um, but it suits me more as like something you could do some daily training miles in. You could do some workouts in. You could do a lot of stuff in. I you I think I'll be using the Rincon Three like I used to use like the Boston Nine. The Carbon X Two still feels like it doesn't feel like super shoe super shoey to me, but it does have a little bit of extra you know specialness to it. It's kind of like people are like, man, they should put a carbon plate in the Mach Four, and I'm like, they did. It's called the Carbon X Two. So, I mean, like, you know, I know, like, the Carbon X2 isn't as soft and squishy as a Mach 4, but, like, that's pretty much what they did. 
So that's kind of like how I see the, those two shoes. So like you know, for racing, I'd probably lace up the X2s, but you know, which one is, you know, kind of better in terms of what it's trying to do. I think the Rincon does what it's trying to do a little bit better, but I don't think that makes it better than the X2, if that makes sense. All right, let's do a couple more and then I gotta get going for today. Mm. Vivek says, I lost my full sleeve running shirts. I have no idea where I put them. Now it's getting cooler. Would love to run in them again. So annoying. I know the feeling. I was, I spent a lot of time uh, last couple of days like looking for, I was like, where are all these shirts that I've been looking for? I'm like, where, where did I put them? I wouldn't have gotten rid of some of these. Where are they? And I have no idea where some of them are. All right. Sai says, Kofuzi, is walking good for marathon training? I think walking is good for recovery. Um, that's pretty much today. My day was busy. I had to take the kids to the doctor to get some flu shots today. So, like, I dropped off at school. I came home for a little bit, picked them up from school again, took them to the doctor, and then brought them back to school, and I got to go get them again soon. So, like, uh, I ended up doing a lot of walking today, um, and that's really great for recovery. Um, but, I, you know, unless you're – running strategy currently includes a lot of run walking i'm not sure like like putting like you know three days a week i run and like fourth day of training per week is a walk i don't think exactly translate because i don't think it gets your heart rate high enough unless you're like a race walker that's a different thing but that also puts a lot of different stress stresses and strains on your body that i would say i'm not sure unless you want to train simultaneously for two types of races that's necessarily something that one should like kind of pick up I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I don't think that it necessarily it translates. So um, I would say like, if you're looking for something that's low impact um, that you can use to incorporate training and build aerobic base, I'd say get a bike. Kurt says, oh man, kids and flu shots. I opted out yesterday on that due to the four week wait to get COVID vaccine, COVID vaccine, hoping to get that first. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, we were thinking like, well, our doctor was saying that they'll probably be vaccinating once they get like the five to 11 year olds, which that's where both of my kids are in that range to get the shots. They're probably, they anticipate they'll be doing a lot of them at the same time, flu shot and COVID shots because they are currently doing flu shots and COVID shots for like, you know, in the pediatrics, the 12 and over in that patient category. Um, but we were like, well, let's just hurry up and get the flu shot now while they can get into the flu shot. So uh, that's what we're doing with our kids. And then I don't know, Pfizer was saying that like, we're hoping to get our data ready the next couple of days. And I'm like, no more press releases. Just get the data to the FDA, please. Stop. Like, you can't get it fast enough. I don't want to hear updates. I want to hear progress. You know, like, it's just, I guess, you know, the PR people aren't the people that are putting the data together. I get it. And so they're, help, you know, it's a team of people working, but I'm just like, faster, please. Faster. Um, Terry says, has anyone ever seen a race walker training? I never have. Do they do it at night? No, I don't think that they do it necessarily at night. I think they do it a lot of times. Uh, maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they do it on treadmills. It's not a huge population. 
Um, but Chris Mosier, based out of Chicago, is a member of Team USA Race Walking. I don't know if he was... I don't think he made the team last time, but he has been a member of Team USA in the race walking category. And, um, you know, it does get a lot of negative attention when people see it. And so, you know, there could be some, like, let's say safety issues with it too sometimes. So um, that that could be part of it. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, you know, those paces that race walkers are, are going at, it's like as fast as I run a marathon. It's pretty crazy. Um, and they're walking. I think the hard part about that sport is that like the people, there's like officials that are like watching to make sure you're not going like, not, not that you're not going too fast, but that, that you're spending too much time air, airborne, you know? And then they give like yellow, there's like a yellow card. I'm not sure the card system. It's, it's a unusual sport to watch. I have a hard time following sometimes. But you know what? You know what else also really confuses me? Super League. Super League triathlon, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand the short shoot. I don't understand the teams. And, like, why are the teams just, like, Hufflepuff and like Ravenclaw? I don't understand. But it seems exciting. Everyone, everyone like, watching it seems exciting. I think I would, I think I would enjoy, like, watching it. That might be one of those uh, spectator events you got to go see. But I don't know. I don't know how much you can you see when like one third of the event is underwater, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Martha says, race walking looks so hard and here it is. So much less natural than running and zero time in the air. Yeah, I th Chris was saying, you know, I was asking Chris about it and he said like, you know, he is, he was a triathlete, very successful as a triathlete, uh, very successful as a runner. And um, he's like, he was like pretty much bulletproof and then he never got injured until he started race walking. Cause it's a very unnatural motion. Um, and so it's pretty, it's pretty tough. So yeah. Aditya says you have penalties for lifting your legs too long. It's a yellow card though. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The yellow, yellow card. Mm-hmm. Mika says the race walkers long runs in air quotes are really long. Localized do 40 to 50 Ks on Sundays. It takes a lot of time to train for, I bet. Oh boy. That's so much. And Adam says the race walking is, but the hip motion is something runners can learn from. Do you think that it translates? I always thought, I thought that it didn't necessarily translate. Hmm. Interesting. All right. There, uh, Jeff Ellie says about Super League. He says, I don't understand the short thing either. Yeah. I mean, there was some controversy over it, right? Someone thought that they had the short shoot and then they took it and then they didn't have the short shoot. So I don't know what happened to that. But then they were saying like the announcer was saying that the person had the short shoot and that's why they thought that. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what happens with that. But you know what I have been enjoying? I've been enjoying watching Richard Murray um, on YouTube and Instagram. Because he's been com a commentator for Super League Triathlon. So he's been traveling. Uh, I think he really, he makes such good, like, travel videos. It's really good. He makes, like, some of the best on-bike footage. I mean, he's a professional triathlete, and he's, like, a master on the bike. So for him, it's just like, yeah, you want me to hold up a, a selfie stick and 360 camera? Great. No problem. His footage is so good on the bike. He also has really good water footage, too. But, yeah. 
All right. I think that's a good place to leave it for today, guys. Uh, of the Magic Spoon cereals, I'd say the cocoa is the best. The fruity probably tastes the most like it's kind of like, I guess, regular counterpart. Um, and then the frosted and the, the peanut butter, I think for people that are like, I love peanut butter cereal, I think the peanut butter is going to be a little bit underwhelming. It's going to be a little bit more like a, like a Honey Nut Cheerios than it is going to be like a peanut butter cereal. And then the frosted, again, more like a frosted like Cheerio, not necessarily like frosted flakes. It's not that sweet. Or not even like a frosted like shredded wheat cereal either. So a little bit different than what I was expecting for today. But I do like it as like an alternative option to a protein shake. This is certainly a lot more fun. So very happy that they sent some over so we could test it out. All right. Tomorrow's video, I'm going to do more, a more detailed re recap of the Chicago Marathon, talking about like the shoes and the gels and going over some of the numbers. So that, that'll be in a little bit more detail. And then we'll do another live stream. We're going to play another game tomorrow. I got to figure out a new game for to play for tomorrow. Trivia Tuesday. I'll think of something. It'll be fun. I'll figure it out. I'll see you then. Tomorrow, Tuesday at 1 p.m., same time as today. Until then, be safe out there, everybody. Thanks.